0: jkr podcast today we have the president of the natural state collegiate summer league and the arkansas sticks director of baseball operations we got evan ham on the jkr podcast evan super pumped to get you on the show how are you doing today
1: man i'm great it's my favorite time of year um so
0: i have no complaints at all okay awesome you say favorite time of the year so what makes it your favorite time of the year
1: oh man the holidays i love christmas i'm a christmas guy i wish it was I, i listened to kyle talk a couple of days ago and I'm different than him. I wish it was about thirty degrees colder than it is right now. So, um, <laughs> uh, but man, Christmas music and it's all this is my this is my time.
0: Okay. All right. So let's kind of before we kind of dig into, you know, your, your coaching career, just dig into baseball in general. I do have one question I kind of like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast. And that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Coach Ham?
1: Man, I I'm the happiest guy you'll ever meet. Um, I'm just I just love my life. And, you know, I don't have the resume that Kyle Slayton has and I don't have the experiences that Chase Brewster has, um, but I'm blessed and I'm so lucky to be where I am. And um, for somebody that, um, you know, baseball, you know, I mean, not much of a career and um, but but I'm blessed and like I said, I'm happy. I have everything in life I could ever want. So okay
0: all right, so let's kind of dig into how you got to where you're at. You said you're blessed to be there, be here where you're at right now. Uh, so let's kind of dig into how you got here. Um, so just starting off, like kind of take us through, uh, kind of what motivated you to become a coach and when exactly that was to you know become involved within baseball and just become a, a coach.
1: Yeah, man. So, um, like I said, you know, not a not a great baseball story. Um, you know, I can't sit here and tell you about all the state championships and accolades and things like that. Um, so come home from college. And uh, got involved at uh, high school, I graduated from, and then um, just through some connections, some guys like, hey, you should, you know, you should get into coaching in the summer. It's fun. Give you something to do. You'd enjoy it and all that. So, did. Um, it just kind of grew from there. Um, spent six years there at Prescott. Uh, we were in the same conference as Genoa. So, that's where me and Chase got to know each other. Um, Prescott's Art Tribal's to Nashville. So that's where me and Coach Slayton got to know each other. And, um, you know, we it, it just kind of grew from there. Left Preston and spent a year at Garden with Coach Halliday. Coach Halliday's a really good friend of mine. It was his first year straight out of college, got the head coach job, said, hey, can you come help me? So I went and helped him and spent a year as his pitching coach. And um, it was actually in the middle of that season. Um, I had coached a 19U team of my own and it's just one little team had a lot of success i was lucky to have some good players and um, made me look a lot better of a coach than i am and um coach brewster we were actually playing malvern i can tell you we were in the in the first base dugout there at garden we were playing malvern It, it wasn't going well for us and uh looked down at my phone had a message from coach brewster and said hey what do you think about coming over to the sticks and i was like man that's all you know i'm the last person that should be asked to join the sticks you know and so got on the phone with him and man, I I guess the the rest is history. I guess here we are today and and he's been good to me.
0: Okay. When you say coach holiday, is that the coach holiday that's at OSU right now? No
1: coach holiday. Um, coach holiday probably wishes he was coach holiday but no he uh he's no he's still there at Garden and got that ball rolling and, and i'm expecting great things from him down there okay
0: all right so kind of take us through you know that toughest part of that transition of becoming you know a college student coming back home and then going and becoming a coach i guess kind of take us through what that toughest transition was you know just you know going from actually like i guess a college kid to you know coaching kids
1: man i think the hardest part was i still knew so many of them um you know, and you're that, you're that guy that everybody knows. Um, and you know, I'm pretty hard on myself. Um, I expect a lot out of myself and, um, I think I I learned a lot of stuff along the way that I maybe, um, I grew up a lot. I'll tell you that. Um, it was just an interesting transition to say the least, like going back, like I said, going back to my hometown and I just, uh, I, it helped me grow up a lot. It, it really did.
0: All right. So kind of even flipping that question around a little bit. So I mean, now that you've been coaching now for a while, uh, just looking back at, you know, that time where you were transitioning to become a coach kind of, you know, learning on the fly, uh, what, what has been some like the favorite parts of you, like what is the favorite part of you coaching or even some, you know, favorite memories you have of becoming a coach, whether that's, you know, coaching at the high school level on um, this past summer at the, the natural state league, or even with the sticks, I guess just take us through, you know, some of
1: those like, you know, favorite memories. Man, there's there's a couple that come to mind. We um one year at Prescott and uh, I know Chase could tell you the whole story because me and you have talked about it, but I don't remember what year it was. But man, we squeaked into the into the tournament there as the four seed kind of number one team in the state. Um, everybody just knew they were they were hosting the regional tournament, everybody knew they were gonna win. Wasn't a question, um, when the state probably the state tournament had, had a couple of big arms smack over. And uh, we we go down there with our, our little scrappy group of kids and bounce them in the first round and of uh, the regional tournament. And um so that was really exciting just because nobody gave us a shot. And some crazy things happened that game too. It's, uh we could probably spend a whole day talking about just that game. But uh that um man, then you fast forward to Garden, not not very good. I mean, just honestly not a very good baseball team go to the regional tournament. We get the one seed after some drama, some stuff happened there, and uh, pouring down rain, should never played that game. And um, we were leading the whole game. Pitcher ran out of the pitch count, had a pull, and End up losing, I think, on a walk-off in the mud. Um, another crazy game. And then with the sticks, I, the craziest, you know, we um, kind of the one thing I chased my whole summer coaching career was a um, 19-year World Series championship, and, you just never could get it done. Played in the finals four times, I think. Played in the semis a couple of times. Just never could get it done. And that last year in 2020 went out there to South Carolina and finally won it. And that kind of ended my, my coaching career with the coaching career with the sticks and transitioned to where we are now. And so, but like I said, there's been some good times. It's all about the players, man. Um, it's nothing that's, that's my favorite parts of players. And I could, I could tell you almost every player that's ever played on any team I had. So that that's what really matters to me.
0: All right. So, I mean, you said you aren't a coach now for the sticks. I mean, you are the director of baseball operations. We can dig into that in a little bit, but um, are you still coaching at the high school level as well? Or when you switched to the
1: sticks, did you kind of, you know, not coach at the high school level anymore? So I got, I got my, my intention was to get out of it. Um, That was what the, the plan was. And then, um, I just realized I'm a I'm a people driven person. Um, that's just what I'm geared toward, and I just realized that I'm not somebody that can sit at home. Like people hear about my job, where I go, dude, you're are so lucky. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I, I find reasons to go to Walmart, like just so I can you know see people. So, um, but so I called Coach McCrady here in the town I live in, and he's kind of a legendary name in this area, and said, man, you need some help. He said, "Yeah, I need some help," and so I helped them last year. Got to hang out with him and Coach Hottinger, and we had a blast. And kind of another one of those nobody gave us a shot deals. And we made a little run there, and um, so you know we'll see what the future holds. But um, you know I take it year by year, and and we're just we're just going from there. Okay.
0: So with you coaching at, at, within the state of Arkansas at the high school level now for for a while, on um, all those couple of different schools coaching underneath a couple of different coaches. How do you how would you compare? I mean, our guys. What is that competition level like at that high school level in Arkansas? Because obviously, I mean, there's different tiers when it comes to, you know, different high school, uh, I guess, how the state competition level is like at the high school level. You know, obviously, Florida, Texas, California, Georgia, like are all kind of, you know, those top couple states. But where do you think kind of Arkansas ranks into that and kind of what that competition level is like um, for Arkansas high school baseball?
1: I think to me, Arkansas is a baseball state. I know a lot of people don't like to, to. Everybody wants to be a football state, and we're right by Texas, and everybody wants to be a basketball. We're we're a baseball state, and um, I don't think we get enough credit for the talent that is at all levels in the state. Um As far as you know, I spent I spent my time at lower levels. I was I think we were still two. No, we were three A garden. So every year I've been through, I've coached at a three A school. So you know 3A it's hit or miss um you coach some games and you're just like man I'm like this ain't. and then you know you coach some games and you're like holy smoke you guys as kid you know pitching against us so um it's just it's hit or miss but statewide the talent's unbelievable and and like I said I just I don't think we get enough credit
0: yeah well I mean every year so I mean obviously with me being you know a podcast guy and I mean a little bit of background on me I'm trying to become an agent once I graduate Mm -hmm. from school I mean I follow like those PBR rankings like quite a bit obviously I mean PBR rankings perfect game rankings don't mean everything but Mm -hmm. I mean there's there's I mean some sort of information that goes into that so I mean I follow that quite a bit I mean I'd say PBR Arkansas I mean I know they announced like their top 10s for the past couple like the 23s Mm -hmm. 24s 25s and I believe I can't remember what class it was but the number one through number nine players in their class in that whatever class it was were all committed to Arkansas I mean yeah going going I mean with all those guys committed to SEC schools especially Arkansas where that's one of those top three programs I mean this that competition level has to be pretty high there in Arkansas but um transition a little bit to your time with the sticks I know Mm -hmm. you said you kind of got connected with coach Brewster as you were coaching at that high school level and he was as well just kind of take us through how you got connected with Coach Brewster, what your guys' relationship is, and I guess how he kind of brought you on um, to that sticks organization.
1: Yeah, we we um, we always talk when when Preston would go over and, and play Genoa. Um, I honestly don't know how it, like, like, happened. If I had to guess, knowing Coach Brewster the way I do and knowing me, I probably went over and bugged him um, just visiting before a game because I like to talk and – um we just kind of became friends and kept up with each other and you know obviously it was hard to ignore what he was doing with the with the canes and all that success he had at genoa and then um you know founded the sticks and i was keeping track and because be 100% honest with you the team i was coaching his team would always finish up in the summer about a week before uh, my team's state tournament um, so i was always very mindful of who his good arms were that were going to be done that week of our state tournament and um, you know, reach out to some of those guys, but no, we, and then I, you know, we had, we had talked a little bit about, you know, my team and things like that. And then I, he just wanted to go to the, add that older group and 19U was kind of my comfort zone, I'm, you know, older guys. And um, I, I think he just saw an opening there and and I was lucky enough to be the one that he wanted to help come in and, and start that.
0: Okay. So you were the 19U coach from your entire time as a coach for the Sticks.
1: Yeah, so I I was actually, he, when he messaged me and reached out, it was all about starting the 19U6, and so that was my, when I came in, I was the only one, the second, I want to say the second year we added, no, the second year we still had one, the third year we added two, so we were at three, and then, then I left the coaching um, group. And then we were back to one last year. So yeah, but that was I never did um, anything but nineteen U.
0: Okay, so for nineteen U, is that I guess is that players who you know are coming off their freshman year of college, or how do you guys find players for the, that nineteen U um, team? Because obviously nineteen U travel baseball probably isn't mm-hmm. as popular as you know like the seventeen U, where mm-hmm. there are all, the, all those guys are you know guys who are draft prospects or guys headed to power five. So like, what's what's that
1: look like at the nineteen U level? So when we first started, it was all because he didn't have 18 u um, when I first started. So it was basically the committed seniors that wanted to play and then guys coming out of their freshman year of college. And um, I had always played Dixie um, baseball. And I know, you know, Dixie, if you're in the South. Dixie kind of gets a bad rep. People think of it as like that 12, 13 ball. That's not very good. You get up in the 17U in the and the 19U is pretty good baseball. People just don't know it exists. And so that's what I would always play and, um, you know, play a state tournament, win that, go to the World Series. and, and um, But we always – you know, we ended up with some really good guys. That last team we had that finally won it, I can't remember the exact number. I think we had seven Juco players. I think six of them are at Power Five schools now. A um, couple of Hogs. I mean, like three Hogs that I could think of, ones at Kansas – uh, it was just, it turned out to be just an unbelievable group of guys. So, uh, you know, the, the six nine helped, helped with that a lot.
0: Yeah. So for the, for 19, you like tournament wise throughout the summer, like, are you guys traveling just as much as what those younger teams would, or like for the most part, you staying, you know, in that, I guess, I don't even know what you call like that Arkansas, Kansas area. It's not the, yeah. I, like, it's not the Midwest, but um, like what, like do you guys stay more in that region or do you guys travel quite a bit as well for that night? No, we,
1: we didn't travel very much. We did a lot of, Memphis, Little Rock, Monroe. Um, went down to Beaumont. The first year we went to New Orleans. Uh, that was a lot of fun. The second year we went to Florida, so to the beach. So it was it was kind of like a definitely not perfect game. Obviously, perfect game is, does not have that division. Um, so that was more. We said I guess you could call it more local.
0: Okay. So you said your last year coaching was there in 2020. So I guess mm-hmm. take us through that transition process of, you know, going to a coach, coaching those 19-year-olds mm-hmm. to where you're at now, to where you're the director of baseball operations. Uh, take us through that transition and how, I guess, how everything changed uh, going from coach to, I guess, more of the business side of things.
1: Yeah, so the year before, I guess in 2019, um, I made the comment to to my wife that, you know, if we, if we can ever win this World Series, I'll probably take a break. Um, and you know, I I know when I said that, I didn't think we went a year later. Um, but, um, so fast forward a year, about halfway through that 2020 year, I said, you know, I just, I've, I I just don't know anymore. Um, it was just, uh, the grind, I guess, had just worn on me a little. And, uh, so, about halfway through the year, I think me and Chase talked. I said, Chase, I think I'm, I'm about, I think I'm about done. And, you know, hopefully we win it this year, but, but hopefully, I think it's going to be it. And he said, well, man, why don't you, why don't you stay on and, and help me with some administrative stuff. And I actually love that stuff. Um, I love administrative and communications and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, that'll keep me involved a little bit. Um, so finish up that year and then we actually won it. And, um my wife did not uh, waste much time, reminded me, uh, but no, she, I, I say that jokingly, um, but no, she, we uh, finished that year, so anyway, had to go to the administrative thing, and at the end of that year, me and my wife, had, Mallory, had, had jokingly, and I don't know if I've ever even told Chase this, we had talked all the time about, man, I just wish, you know, I could just work full time for the sticks, like, how perfect would that be, and honestly didn't put a lot of thought into it just because I knew that there's so many qualified people out there. Um, and Chase knows so many people that are so much more um, deserving than me. And uh, man, he called me one day and he's like, Hey, we did let's, let's talk about this. And we talked about it and my you wife know, talked about it and prayed about it and talked about it and prayed about it. He told me, he said, you know, but I can trust you. And, and I, that's, that's who I try to be. Um, uh, loyalty goes a long way with me and i i've always um really strived to be somebody that you could put your trust in so it meant it meant so much to me that he would trust me because i was his first full-time employee and you know for him to to trust me at that level meant so much to me and and that's had a lot to do with with why i love my job so much because i know how much of an honor it's one of the great joys of my life to work with the parents and the kids that we have
0: so now that you are working full time with the sticks, like what does I mean? I guess the day to day look like. Um, I guess going from you know like this part of the season where it's the off season in a way, but really I mean like you said, it's a busy time of the year for you. Uh, take us through, I guess, what some of your job duties are uh, throughout the year, and I guess how that changes from the winter time to the summertime when you guys are you know full go um, schedule wise.
1: I'd say the main part of my job is communication. I handle all the player communication, pair communication. I think that's probably if, if I sat down and wrote out my job duties, that would be number one. Um, But really, I don't know that there's anything that I'm, I'm not somewhat involved in, Um, you know, scheduling hotels, um, payments, um, roster construction, coaches, um, complaint department, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that there's anything that I'm not involved in. And that's, um, you know, uh, again, it goes back to, um, it's a, it's, it's an honor that I'm trusted to be involved in that, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not just doing the stuff that nobody wants to do. Um, you know, I am involved in decision-making and things like that. And, um, you know, I've, I've slowly somehow worked my way into, to visiting with college coaches about players and, um, you know, helping some of those guys find homes, and that's just another joy that that comes with this. Yeah. So, what
0: kind of, I guess, kind of take us through what goes into that scheduling process in a way from you know finding the direct uh, the certain tournaments you guys want to be a part of. Obviously, for that top group that you know the seventeen U Brewsters or the is it sixteen U Slayton is Slayton the top six. I think
1: last year sixteen U Slayton. Um. Now, I will tell you, I don't that scheduling. I don't. Have. Um, coach Brewster handles a lot of that scheduling. Um, I handle a lot more of the, the more local teams, you know, um, you know, the Memphis and the Little Rock and, the trying to get, trying to get those guys exposure. And, um, you know, we really just look for one of what's going to get the most exposure, um, where are we going to face the best competition and what's going to be the most, um, like, I don't really like the word convenient, but, you know, um, you know, because parents can not drop six, seven hours every single weekend. So, yeah. um, uh, we take all that into account when we, when we start working on that schedule.
0: Okay. So let's say you, obviously you said you're part of like, you know, the hotel bookings and stuff like that as well. Um, so I guess when you guys, are, let's say going to Memphis, I'm not really sure how far that is from, you know, like Fayetteville or overall, mm-hmm. where all you guys are from in Arkansas. Yeah, so it's a drive. Okay. Cause I'm I'm from Indiana. Like I, like I mean, obviously I've been through the states, those states a couple of times, but I don't know like when it comes to like how far those drives are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just say you're going to a tournament there in Memphis. Kind of from your side of things, on what your job duties are, what does that look like in terms of you know, fight, helping the players, find hotels, or how exactly does that look on your on your side of
1: things? Well, we look at how many players we're gonna we're gonna have going, so how many teams we're gonna have going, and then we just kind of communicate through you know, the appropriate channels, how many rooms we're going to need. And then they, they, you know, we'll get a series of links for those hotels and it'll be, you know, there's 50 rooms at this hotel and there's 20 rooms at this hotel and yada, yada, yada. And we just communicate that out to the parents and and let them handle the booking on that end. Okay.
0: All right. So, um, obviously you have a good relationship with a lot of the players, a lot of the parents. Uh, So I guess take us through what some of your relationships are, I guess what your relationships are with a lot of the players and then some even taking that a little further, what your relationships are like with, you know, Coach Slayton, Coach Brewster. Um, I talked to Co- Coach Sullivan or, or Blaine as well. Um, mm-hmm. just, just take us through some of those relationships you have with those guys and the relationships you have with the parents and the players.
1: Well, the parents, is it's always a little bit funny because um, a lot of the times we don't meet each other face-to-face. It's all, you know, my name pops up in an email. And it's so funny. I'll go to a tournament or something and somebody will walk up and be like, Hey, are you Evan Ham? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, you're the email guy. Like, that's just who I am. And, you know, um, I, I, I have good, I feel like I have really good relationships with them as much as you can have through typing email back and forth. Um, But, you know, I'm always here to help and take phone calls and text way I can. The players kind of goes along the same way. It's, you know, Mallory um, always kind of laughs, but, you know, we'll be places and, it it is so like uncomfortable for me, but people come up and you're like, "Are you like like Coach Ham, like Evan Ham?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm Evan Ham. That is all I am. Like i have nothing, you know, to, to, to write home about." But um, Coach Slate and me and him, and, and Coach Brewster, I for being the very bottom of the totem pole um, as far as qualifications go. I love working with those guys. Um, I learned so much from them, just the way they handle things, the way they conduct themselves, the way they view and and think through different situations. I learned so much just from, you know, saying, well, I, I think we need to do this. And, you know, they're, you know, in the kindest way possible. They're like, well, no, and here's why. And I'm like, I would have never thought of it that way. And, you know, so I, those guys have been such a big impact on just helping me be the best I can at my job just because of their experience and their wisdom and, and they're forward thinking they're both so forward thinking about everything and and it has been a huge asset to me
0: yeah so now so I guess
1: what, what year was it that you actually did start with the sticks I started in 2018 with my the summer of 2018 was my first year coaching so 2018 2019 2020 I coached um 2021 I handled the administrative stuff and then this summer I came on full-time
0: okay so now with this year being I guess year five or year six whatever that ends up being Uh, Like what's what's some like the most, I guess, valuable information that you've learned now uh, coaching underneath, you know, coach or being underneath Coach Brewster or just being with him on the day to day basis um, and just being with the sticks in general. Like, what do you think maybe the most valuable information you've gotten or I guess maybe even your best like memory or experience of being with the Arkansas sticks and being around some of those coaches?
1: Um, uh, the, the most valuable thing I've learned is that, um, it's not about us. Um, and I'm like, I, I try to live my life to where nothing is about me. And, um, man, I see coach Brewster and the time he puts into these players and their families and, um, helping them any way he can and just to see that at the level that he does for all these guys. Um, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from me because he invests so much. And honestly, a lot of the things that I learned from, from coach Brewster, it's not like a, Hey, let me teach you something. It's just like, I just listen to him and watch him. And I'm like, let me, let me write this down real quick. And that's, that's kind of moved over into my collegiate league. I mean, he's the other day he was like, look, I'm just going to tell you, like, I probably wouldn't do it that way. And He told me why. And I was like, Hmm, you're, I mean, 100% right. So, Um, but no, memory wise, I think that very first year we, uh, we went to the world series and you have to have an assistant coach. I didn't have one. So I had a guy come fill in and coach Bruce was like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'll I'll come down and and help you. I said, okay. And he said, Hey, don't, don't tell anybody. And I said, okay. So sure enough, we're sitting there and he walks in the park and the players got so fired up and I'll just, for some reason, I'll never forget that. Like that was just this little thing that he didn't have to come down there. He had no reason to come down there. And and he did. And that meant a lot to me and a lot to our players. Yeah.
0: All right. So, I mean, obviously, what, like for yourself and for the organization in general, I mean, Coach Brewster has built a pretty good program. Obviously, I mean, everyone across the country knows that from seeing, you know, the continuous Arkansas, LSU. FSU and whatever, I mean, all the different commits that you guys have throughout the program and um, just the continuous talent you guys are pushing out there every year. Um, But what do you kind of see for yourself and for the program just heading into 2023? Um, Just what the vision kind of is for the future you think, or just some different things you're seeing, you you think uh, could possibly
1: happen to the sticks here these next couple of years. Uh, I don't really know how much I'm supposed to say, um, but I know that, you know, Chase is, is so big on the experience. And he wants people to have such a good experience. And right now that's kind of a focus is how can we improve the experience? And, you know, it's, you know, the mystery pack that we're doing right now and, and, and things like that. He's just, you know, always looking for what can we do better? How can we, how can we treat our players better? How can we make the, the parents and the coaches and, you know, how can overall down to the tiniest thing, how can we make it a better experience? And I think it almost every time we talk, maybe not directly but something goes back to that um in a, in small ways and it's just you know to pay attention to such the little things and not not just the the big huge obvious things but just tiny little things that we can find to make player experience i think that's going to be the key this year
0: Okay, all right. So, kind of transition a little bit to the natural state league, the uh, collegiate summer ball league that you started. I believe it was twenty twenty two. This past summer was your guys' first year in business. Uh, so, just kind of take us through kind of how this idea came about, um, and then kind of just the steps from there after the idea uh, was kind of in your head.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been um, a dream of mine for. I mean, realistically, probably in that seven, eight, nine, ten year range. Just how cool it would be if we had something here. Um, because I would always talk to these guys that, you know, played on my 19U team and I'd be like, Hey, what are you doing this summer? And they're like, Well, I've got to go to Kansas or I've got to go to you know, Texas, wherever. And they're like, Man, I wish I could just stay home and play. And you know, I would always just think, Man, you know, why can't you? You know, I just but you know, that was as far as it went, like at Social Camp. And then last year this this um facility opened in Arkansas, Majestic Park and Hot Springs, and I just thought, man, what a what a perfect place, you know. Hot Springs is where Major League Spring Training was born, um, first ever side of it. Um, all this baseball history, Babe Ruth played there. Um, and they opened this park. And I thought, man, how cool would that be? And, you know, so I just on a whim called them. Hey, what do y'all think? And they're like, yeah, come on. And I was like, okay, let's do it, you know. And uh, so we, you know, I called Chase. That was literally the first call I made. I said, hey, man, like, it's like, between, with me and you, you know, what, what do you think? on this. And, you know, I'll never get it. He's like, I'm always going to support your dreams. And I said, okay, let's roll. And so we rolled it out there and man, it just, it took off. I mean, it exceeded every expectation we could have and made a list of coaches. I would like to hire. Um, first two I called, they were in and um, Sean Regan, who, who was a college coach in Arkansas for a long time sorry Sean don't remember how long and then Pete Southall who was the head coach at Henderson when he was like 27 years old and they're both you know um, strong in their faith like me and and that was a value we shared and then went from there filling the spots you know Bailey Butler and AJ Allen came on and um just turned into a really really good summer um those guys Derek and John down there at Majestic were huge for us and um, Katie Hatchett, everybody's favorite person, the photographer that took all the pictures. That that's all anybody cared about. Those, guys, I mean, it just it couldn't have went any better. We're really excited for year two.
0: Okay, so I mean, as I was looking through like just a natural state leagues like Instagram page and just social media pages, um, I saw that there was like different towns that had different that had different teams there, like the the, I guess Arlington Jockeys or or I guess,
1: well, so. So, what we decided to do is we we didn't do it, like, regionally based or anything. Okay. So, we looked at the history of hot springs. And hot springs has some wild history. And they – so, they, the Arlington's and the Bathers Ooh. were actually professional teams that played out of hot springs in the early 1900s. Um, the Bathers were with the Cubs, and the Arlington's were with the – Maybe the Cardinals, I can't remember. And then so we went from there. So the jockeys comes from Oakland, Oakland Park, there. It's a racetrack. And kind of what Hot Springs is really known for is that racetrack. So we went with the jockeys there. And then we did a vote for the fourth one. And there's some some like mob prohibition stuff that went on a long time ago there. And, and the bootleggers won that rate that vote by like 80%. So We went from there, and then players would – coaches could recruit their kids if they wanted to. We would automatically give those, and then the players that kind of, I guess, organically registered, we just divided them onto the teams and and just um, played four games a weekend. Everybody played a college-style, like two teams would play a series against each other, and um, just went from there.
0: Okay, so you said four games a week. How did that schedule look like? Was there, like, certain teams that played on a certain day, or how exactly did that schedule look
1: like? Yeah, so it was all Saturday, Sunday, so – the idea was that players would still be able to work while still getting their baseball in. So they would come in and everybody would play two games on Sunday and two games on Saturday. So there were four games Saturday and four games Sunday. Um, teams would play. They would they would stagger on Saturday. So, like, the jockeys and the Arlington's would play one and three and then the bootleggers and the bathers would play three and four. And then Sunday they'd play back-to-back and then get out of there and head home.
0: Okay. So So what, so what did that, you said uh, coaches were able to, you know, recruit their recruit some players if they were able to Um, what did that competition level look like with this, you know, being the first year of that natural state league Uh, what did that competition level look like when it came to just the players on the field?
1: Oh, it it surpassed every expectation I had. Um, We wound up with some, you know, pigeons, the name of the game. We wound wound up with some really good arms, Um, you know, Crowder, ton of Crowder guys ended up coming down. Um, we had Ethan Bates, who's now at Louisiana Tech. Um, ton of SAU guys who had just played in the Division II World Series Finals, I believe. Um, so we had some really good talent, and as good as that talent was last year, it's even better this year. So you know we're on a we're on a good track.
0: So heading into 2023, with that with season number two underway, um, I guess you said you already got some great talent already committed there. So, I guess, how does that go about like recruiting wise uh, when it comes to 2023 and just getting players to fill out those rosters? Um, just like how and how far in advance is that um, like rosters being filled
1: out? A lot of it happens organically. Um, you know, the players go back and are, a lot of the players did the, did the recruiting for us this year. Um, but with JUCO Ball growing in Arkansas, and, and you know, I, I knew that we would. I fear we've gained a lot of new faces this year. and We are um, really excited. We have a team coming over from Sydney, Australia. They're going to bring an all-Australian team to stay there in hot springs and play. Um, But we started registration in September. We're on a really good track right now. Um, You know, a lot of guys are still waiting to see what happens, especially the pitchers want to see what their innings look like in the spring and things like that. But um, the way we're progressing, um, it's going to be good.
0: Okay. So let's say you're having a conversation with a player, he's debating between, you know, the Natural State League or let's say um maybe a league out here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um let's say you're having a conversation with him. What would be your pitch to him to you know become take part in this Natural State League and become on, on one of the rock teams rosters.
1: My first, you know, the first thing I always ask is, you know, w- what are you looking for? Um, you know, guys that want to play 50, 60 games like that's that's not us. Like, you know, you're getting three – we're going to go to three games a weekend this year for six – I mean, you're getting 18 games. Like, it's – you know, we're not shooting for that. What we're shooting for is, you know, development and kind of just to keep those skills sharp. So, like, last year we had a lot of guys that were either hurt in college, they redshirted, or they – um. There were there were specific things they wanted to work on or they they really needed to work. So those are kind of a lot of our players fell into one of those four categories. Um, because we weren't like pitchers weren't gonna throw a billion innings for us. Like so, you know, colleges didn't have to worry about their innings. Um, you know, the players that were hurt, they were they were gonna get to rehab and not over extenuate themselves and they were still gonna get to be home and, and things like that. So what are you looking for has a lot to do with it. And then a lot of times I ask guys, like, where do you want to go? Especially the junior college guys, where do you want to go? Like, if you're wanting to go play at, you know, if your goal is SAU or Henderson or Tech or, you know, UCA or things like that, like, why not play right in the backyard? Um, where they can come watch. Um, so that's that's kind of the process I go through with guys. and And I'll be the first to tell guys, like, do what's best for you. If we're not the best option for you, I understand that. And I respect that. Because my goal is to help them. And if someone can help them more, I want them to do that. So obviously
0: with you guys, you know, playing, you know, on those Saturdays and Sundays and kind of with the idea of the players still having jobs, you know, like make a little bit of cash for when they do head back to their college campuses, uh, do a lot of the teams practice, on, you know, on a weeknight basis or for the most part, are they kind of just meeting up on Saturdays and Sundays?
1: Yeah, we didn't do anything during the week. Um, I, I think some guys did on their own. Um, like some of the players kind of set that up on their own, but we had nothing required. It was – we we built it to where players had the week to do what they needed to do and, and had and then we played on the weekends.
0: Okay, so I guess overall, just looking back here at this past twenty twenty two season, uh, what is I guess a couple things that are maybe just the toughest part of you know starting this league? Obviously, the marketing of it was probably a huge key thing, but I'm um, just looking back at it. What were some of the toughest things uh, just of starting this collegiate summer wood bat
1: league? You know, there were some kinks that we had to work out. Um, I had this this grand idea that we were going to play nine innings and no time limits, and, and it just didn't. I mean, we that first weekend, I mean, the last game was supposed to start at like 6. Here's like 8.30, and I was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. You know, just little things like that. Um, The heat was something we battled. I mean, we're on an altar field in Arkansas in June, Um so it's hot, and there's nothing we can do about that, Um, but, like, I, I say this halfway jokingly, but, like, I kept waiting on something to go wrong, I was like, this is going just too smoothly, and it just, it just never happened, like, literally every weekend, I'm like, okay, this is the weekend that, like, something goes bad, and it just never happened, and, like, Now, I know that probably means that next summer is, you know, going to be a headache start to finish. But, you know, I I hope it goes half as smooth as this summer did. It was was really unbelievable. Okay.
0: So, I guess, I mean, looking forward to hear you said next summer might be a headache start to finish just because, you know, maybe that karma because you guys had such a great uh, first season. Uh, But just moving forward, um, what kind of is the vision here for the Natural State League? Uh, Just heading forward into that 2023 season and then even beyond the 24, 25 uh, just in your mind right now, like where do you kind of see
1: it going forward these next couple of years? Well, next year, we're we're expanding. We're adding two teams next summer. We're still going to be there in Hot Springs. We got the team coming from Australia, and then we're adding um, one of our own. You know, another team on our side. The goal is to grow a little bit every year. Um, I'm very careful to not like let it get out of control and get overwhelmed. I think that's that's just a you know to be careful and realistic um, as we grow. But long-term vision, um, you know, if everything went perfect and exactly like I hope it does, you know, we'll get to a situation where it's not just meeting Hot Springs every weekend that we actually truly have, you know, like teams based and part of the state. You travel and play a schedule and, and like a true um, statewide league. But, um, you know, if it stays the way it is right now for 10 years, like I'll be happy man. Okay. So, you I know, guess just Go ahead.
0: So I guess at this point, like for a – let's say I was a collegiate player wanting to play in that um, natural state league. Like what would that cost look like for me to go and play there, play those 18, 20 games, whatever the schedule is, um, what is that what does that look like cost wise uh, for me as Yeah
1: well? so for a position player or a two way player it's 700 that includes your uniforms and everything for a for a pitcher only it's 400 and if if things keep going like it looks like they are it looks like we're, we're going to have housing available next year which we did not this year um so that'll add some additional costs if you know play that'll help us have a little bit further reach um than what we did last summer but um you know Cost effectiveness is a, is, a, is another point that, you know, we want to make it feasible and, and worth it to these guys. So, what's the, I guess, what's the reasoning
0: for the the price difference for the position players and pitchers?
1: Well, so, you know, the, the hitter is going to come in, like last summer, they played four games um, a weekend for six weekends, 24 games with, you know, three, four at-bats a game um, versus that pitcher that's going to come in and pitch one game a weekend and go home. You know, so that's the biggest difference is that you're going, you're the difference in playing six games versus twenty four games. Okay,
0: I guess that makes sense. I wasn't thinking about that when uh, I asked that. Uh, but no, so I know you were a pitching coach for Coach Holiday. Um, you mentioned that. Uh, but for the most part throughout your coaching career, were you more pitching a more pitching side of things
1: or more hitting side of things? Oh, you don't want me to talk to the hitters. Uh, we're gonna bun a lot if you have me talking to the hitters. So. <laughs> No, I'm a, I'm a pitching guy. That's kind of where I'm most comfortable at. Um, it's where I've always kind of felt comfortable working with, and um, probably never change. There's just too much goes into hitting. I'm stay away from that.
0: Okay, so I guess where did you kind of learn all the um, information or the knowledge you have on pitching, the pitching side of things? And I guess when you are, you know, coaching a player as their as their pitching coach, uh, what are some like main emphases that you guys that you talk to the pitchers about?
1: Well, the main thing is you surround yourself with smart people. You put yourself in positions where you're around people that really know what they're talking about. and You just absorb um, everything they say and watch and listen, and read and study, and and you know, put effort into learning um, what you want to learn about. And what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry.
0: Um, I guess like the main emphasis when you are talking to you know a high school pitcher or whatever it happened or you know collegiate a 19 year guy. Uh, when you're talking about pitching with them, I guess what are
1: some main like part parts of emphasis that you talk to them about? Man, the main thing I tell people is don't don't overthink things. I'm way more on the mental side than the physical side. You know, everybody wants to be Nolan Ryan, and and well, you know, if they even know who Nolan Ryan is, you know, they they everybody wants to throw a hundred and all that stuff. And that's just not what it's about. It's about locating that fastball and, and you know, getting the break ball over and things like that. But um I think you you have to you know the old saying control the controls. Um, I think you have to worry about what you can be in control of, and, and everything outside of that you let alone. But you have to stay within yourself, and and control everything that you have your fingerprint on.
0: Okay. All right. So I'm down to my final three questions. I do a little rapid fire to end off these podcasts. You know, just a couple of questions beyond. Uh, Just the game of baseball and beyond your career. Um, So, just digging that first question, like, kind of digging into your motivations. What is it that you know just helps you get out of bed every day, just to go about, go get better, go learn, uh, gain some knowledge? What is it that kind of motivates you every day, just to get up and go? I guess win the day, in
1: a way. Man, my my motivation in life and it's not just in baseballs and everything. My motivation in life is to make other people's lives better. Um, that's why that's what I think I'm called to do. That's what I think my ministry as a Christian is on earth. Um, I think that we are, we are, you, you know, you can't change the world by being just like it. Right. So you have to set yourself apart and you set yourself apart by the way you treat people, um, the way you conduct yourself, um, Boy, you put others first, and and that's that's my motivation is to put other people first, and you know let my life reflect my faith and who I am, and and let everything else take care of itself. I, I don't I don't worry about anything. I don't get upset about anything. I, sometimes I get told I'm too happy, um, but I I just um, I just love life, man. I just, I just want to help
0: people. Okay. All right. So that, down to question number two. Um. So I guess, what does your life look like here in, you know, 5, 10, potentially even, you know, 15 years from now? Um. You know, everything keeps going right. Everything in your vision for the sticks, So you, with you being part of them, your vision for the Natural State League, continue to go the, the way that you want it to. What is your perfect picture of your life, you know, in 5, 10, or potentially even 15 years if you want to look that far ahead? Just like overall
1: or just baseball-wise?
0: Uh, over, I mean, it can be a two parter question, I guess. Yeah. So overall and and personally,
1: uh, I mean, baseball wise, I hope me, Kyle, and Chase are still rock, rock and rolling right along, and um, sticks are rolling, and everything's going good. Natural State League, I, man, I, I hope it grows. I hope it keeps going. You know, I have high hopes for it. Um, it's my baby. That's what I told Chase one day, and um, you know, hopefully, it, it the the upper projection keeps going outside of baseball man uh you know I, I'm just I, I keep saying and it, it, it probably sounds repetitive but I'm just happy you know I live in a in a little house in a in a little town with my wife and my two dogs I love it man I just I don't I don't care about that other stuff um I have all I need so you know kids and things like that hopefully um but other than that man I'm, I'm happy
0: Okay. All right. So down to that final question. So I ha- kind of have a feeling what this answer is going to be kind of looking at the the pictures of the natural state leagues and the pictures that they took and some of the uniforms, what the uniforms look like. But if you had to pick a favorite baseball brand, what would that brand be?
1: you talking about like a, like a company?
0: A company. So company, be uh, glove, bat company, apparel company, whatever it happens to be. Just your favorite baseball player. Uh,
1: uh, three and two. There we go. <laughs> hey, there ain't nobody better. I don't know why. why you thought I would answer any way different.
0: I don't uh, know. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying to give you a little credit with the company there. You know, they're, get you they're a little, the best. Get
1: you a little pitch there. But, you know, Derek and Derek's the best. And um, we got compliments all year from the players and everybody about how, you know, Dover, the local high school here, we just wore the three and two uniforms. So, um, they keep growing and people keep seeing that it's, it's the best you can get. I can't say enough good about them. So,
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I know the stick. I know the sticks also use that, and they did some great, a great job with that White Sox scout uniform. Um, I know I went to the W W B A this past year, and I was as I was looking through, uh, just like the rosters and the little pamphlet. I mm-hmm. mean, I felt like there was probably twenty five teams that like their name was like the three and two sluggers or the three yeah. and two okay. whatever. I mean, so I mean they're definitely growing, and I really didn't even know that. Company. I don't know if they're more like in the arkansas region um i'm not 100 sure but i didn't really know of them until i kind of ran into the sticks and kept seeing the three and two coach brewster sticks or yeah. the three and two whatever um no i really didn't know that until this past summer so i mean definitely looking at their jerseys the way that they did your guys's jerseys was also was awesome um just mm-hmm. looking at the pictures the white sock scout uniforms i mean the sticks i mean they're consistently when they're not like before the the, the Sox, white Sox scout team unis I mean, all those different uniforms they were coming up with the sk- sticks. I mean, I mean everything's looking great from everything I've seen, and I mean they just look like a great brand overall. So I you know I kind of wanted to throw you a little alley oop there on on that on that answer, but yeah,
1: that was a nice little so softball pitch there. But no, man, they do a great job. Can't say enough about them. You know, people ask me all the time. You know, I've never heard of them. I'm like, well, hey, the Savannah bad were here. That's usually all I have to say. People are like, oh, okay, they're good then. So... Okay, all right, well.
0: Coach Ham um, or Evan Ham, uh, however, you want me to pronounce say it. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm appreciative that Coach Brewster connected us. I um, really love digging into your time with the Sticks, um, kind of you starting the National State League this past summer and kind of seeing the vision going forward. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation today. I do want to wish the best of luck when it comes to you know growing that natural state league, continuously growing Arkansas Sticks. I mean, I know you guys had your first major league player here last season. Yep. And I'm sure there's going to be multiple more here in these next in the next couple like few years in the in the near near future. Um, so no, just uh, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Well, man, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing for the sticks and um, the coaches and the players. It um, it means a lot to me just that someone is is putting these guys in the spotlight that that deserve it. And I'm the least of those, but I'm so thankful for for the rest of them and, and everything that you're doing.